Good morning, everybody. Um, quick question to kick off. Who's had a birthday in lockdown? Anyone had a birthday in lockdown? Yes, we have all had a birthday of some description in lockdown. Yes, I can see your hands up at home as well. Yes, it has been very traumatic for me. I had a particularly large birthday in lockdown. We shall not speak about it, but it was a significant number. That's all I'll say, 40. Pipe down in the front, please. 40, how dare you. Anyway, so um, uh, we've all had a birthday, and today right, is the birthday of the church as we know it. Now, when we think about birthdays, they are supposed to be filled with joy and laughter and excitement, a big cake with however many candles you've got on it. Um, whatever it looks like, it's supposed to be a, t- a joyous time and a- an occasion for celebration. And I think for all of us, maybe, but the idea of birthdays maybe hasn't had that ring about it. Maybe it's like, ah, oh, the things that I can't do. I can't spend time with people. I can't do this. I can't really celebrate as, um, as I'd love to. And it has been a really tough season in that sense, uh, in lots of ways. But as we think about the birthday of the church today and what celebrating the birth of the church looks like, Yes, it's tough. Maybe we're not celebrating as we'd like to. We can't even be in the car park today just because of the weather, and and that's a bit of a shame, I know. But I believe the Spirit wants to meet us where we are at. I believe the Spirit of God wants to come and reaffirm what Pentecost is really about, this gift that we receive. On a good day or a bad day, the gift is available to us of the Holy Spirit. And I think if that isn't exciting, I don't know what is. And Mike kind of alluded to it earlier, the, um, the kind of traditional passage that we would go to for Pentecost would be Acts 2. And it's this whole kind of, again, explosive, exciting birthday, um, tongues of fire and just stuff going down. And, you know, it's an exciting passage to read. But instead, to preempt it, Jesus doesn't say, oh, man, you wait to this day. Stuff's going to kick off. It's going to be insane. He goes, no, he goes, streams of living water. This kind of really refreshing uh, sentiment he gives to the people listening, to his disciples. And you just see a real um, comparative difference there, don't you? It's not as we expect, and yet it still holds so much truth for us today. And I think if you can take nothing nothing else away from today... If if you forget everything else I said, just remember this one bit of the verse. We're just going to do this as like a little memory verse exercise, okay? Just so you guys, and you guys only have to remember half the verse each, okay? So you guys are going to do one half, you guys are going to do the other half. So um, this is verse 38. So you guys on my left, if you can all, and join in at home or whichever camera you're looking through, left and right. If you are on the left-hand side, I would love you to say back to me, whoever believes in me. Oh, very good. Very good. You guys have got a bit more, but streams of living water will flow from within. Are you ready? Excellent. Once more. Oh, glorious. Okay, if you remember nothing else from today, that is the only thing you need to really take away. That is the truth and the most simplest and yet most profound message I could possibly give you this morning. And thankfully, it's not mine. It's God's message. So you know it's good, right? You know it's good. But um, what is this thing about water? Why in this moment is he talking about water and not fire? The complete opposite antithesis of what we see in Acts. Well, 
Water is a wonderful thing. I, so I think sometimes we take for granted, especially in this country, how accessible water is and just the amount of uses it has, the way it helps things grow. It brings life to people. We are mostly water as human beings. And if you're Tom, there's probably warm water, warm water than man, right, out of that bottle. Um, but you can also have fun with it as well. I mean, I used to love it as a kid, being out in the, in the streets having water fights with people. Water balloons, water guns, went on a really hot day. There was nothing better um, than a good water fight with my mates. And there's this wonderful, and maybe it's just, maybe I'm a bit sensory, but I always used to love when after a really long time without any rain, and you can see all the grass is withered up, and then there's that moment where the heavens open, it hits the grass, and you're just overwhelmed with this smell. And it's almost like of, of the grass and the, and the whatever else, and you just almost get this sense that nature goes, oh, finally. It's what I've been waiting for. And, um, and water is super important for us as well. I don't know, uh, hands up if you've got Disney Plus. Anyone got Disney Plus? Oh, sh hands shooting up at the back. Couldn't survive without it, says the Tyndall household. Right, so there is this great, I mean, I say great documentary. Maybe some of you are about to switch off because uh, this is going to appear really boring to you. I find this really exciting, right? So there's a, a great little documentary um, called uh, Breaking Two on, um, on Disney Plus channel, right? And um, uh, there's a guy called Eliud Kipchoge, right? You may have heard of this guy. He was the guy that, with a little bit of help, he broke the two-hour um, marathon barrier, right? He did it in one hour, whatever he did, 59 and how many seconds, right? Which is an incredible feat of, of, of human achievement, right? But this, this uh, documentary, Breaking Two, was all about, um, before he'd managed that, they picked the three best long-distance runners they could find, and they were getting them to basically train, they were, they were investing loads of money and kit to test their oxygen levels and test their capacity for endurance and, and all these different things, right? And I can't remember the other, it was Eliud Kipchoge, some other guy that I can't remember, and this guy called <clears throat> Zarsine Tedese, right? Zarsine Tedese. If you're into running, you may have heard the guy. He was, I think he, his record's been broken now, but he held the world record for the half marathon, okay? So he, was a, he, he did it in like 58 minutes, right? Like insane time to do a half marathon. So they were testing him, knowing his capacity at the half marathon, and they were testing his uh, oxygen levels and all this, all this sort of thing. And they were like, oh my goodness, this guy is a machine, right? He, he's just, I mean, he's up there with the other two easily, right? And yet they were getting him to, um, when they were racing, they were noticing he was not keeping up with him in the slightest. Like, he'd get so far, and then he'd just fall off and he'd flag, right? And they could not work out why. They were like, he... He's got more than enough capacity to keep up with this, guys. What is the issue? And then after a few questions, they realized he drank absolutely zero water through the whole thing. And he was still doing it in nearly two hours, right? Mental. He didn't even drink a drop. Just took one big swig at the beginning, and then he just went, right? Not even a drop of water. I mean, that is absolutely crazy. Now, I do a lot of running. Actually, I sometimes go for a run with Tom, so I'm not surprised to see his big jug because he drinks a lot of water. And actually, he has said to me, Jared, you need to be drinking and eating more on your runs because I genuinely, I, t I actually find it a bit uncomfortable. I sometimes have to run without any breakfast and all this sort of stuff. But, but it is really important. And when they realized he drank no water whatsoever, they realized, 
if we just hydrate this guy really well, we can knock minutes off of his time. Minutes at a marathon level, that is insane, right? So they started hydrate, yeah, it's literally like, this guy must, what a moron. He's been doing this for so long. He's got the world record for a half marathon and he doesn't drink anything for the whole thing. How was he doing this? A machine, right? So they started doing this and they, he still couldn't keep up with Kipchoge, but they knocked minutes off of his personal best marathon time just by making him have a drink and hydrating him. Not just one big swig at the beginning, but actually a consistent hydration throughout to make sure he was filled and nourished as he needed it. His game was all about doing it on his own steam, but actually he needed what his body was craving for, water, refreshment, nourishment, um, and it made such a difference. One big swig will only take you so far. And just even here in Barbara's kind of testimony there, which I absolutely love, this thing of she received this gift of the Holy Spirit and then she was transformed. Well, I don't know how long ago that was. I won't ask you, Barbara. But I can tell just by hearing her speak there, I can tell that that wasn't a one big swig at the beginning and then running on her own steam. She's been refreshed and nourished by the Holy Spirit throughout her life. Consistent, constantly asking for more. God, where are you in this? More of you, Holy Spirit. And that's a testament to her that we can see the fruit of that now in her life. And even now she says, this is not restricted to anyone. Guys, you need this. You need this refreshment. You need this free gift that's open to anyone. And, um, and there's this wonderful passage in Paul. Um, in Paul, in Ephesians, that Paul writes. Um, and it says this. I could find it. Oh, I'm in the wrong book. And this is Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, sometimes, because this is a translation, that means it was written in a different language. It was written in Greek, however, many years ago, and it means we've had to take it from the Greek and try and get as close as we can in the English, which, by all accounts, they've done a pretty good job of that. But there's some kind of tenses, and uh, to go into kind of, you know, a bit of the English language right now, that we don't have. And in this, in this particular one, the term be filled probably doesn't do the phrase justice. What it's actually trying to say is be filled and go on being filled continuously with the Spirit, right? Go on being filled. It's basically saying don't just take one big swig of the Spirit at the start, but actually keep being filled because one swig isn't enough. You have to keep on going if you're going to run this marathon race and do it, not just finish, but actually finish in the best way that God's intending you to finish. Go on being filled. And if we choose not to, and we choose to do it on our own steam, maybe like Zarsane Tadasse, maybe we'll fall short of actually what our capacity and what God has ordained us to be. So in our marathon of life, I suppose the question is, after a very long season, actually where are we in this race right now? 
Maybe whether you're in the room or you're at home and, um, and you're thinking, oh, talking about the Holy Spirit coming down. Well, I've had the Holy Spirit. I've, you know, I've been filled for a long time. This, this message isn't for me. Maybe it's a switching off moment and kind of don't know, thinking about how lunch is going or whatever. But actually, what does it look like to go on being filled every day? Maybe today is a time when you need to go, oh, wow, I have been dehydrated throughout this whole season. Holy Spirit, I need more of you today. I think the one thing, I can't remember who said this to me, but the one thing it's okay to be greedy for is the Holy Spirit. There's not a moment where the Holy Spirit goes, no, you've had enough of that. Come on, relax. Actually, we can keep on asking for more and more and more. And God is willing and able to give us what we need. But also there's those of you that may be like, maybe like Barbara was before that Christmas Eve uh, midnight mass service, maybe there's a point where you haven't experienced what the transforming power of the Holy Spirit can do. And maybe this is an opportunity to go, okay, God, if I'm going to run this race well, I need filling. Will you come to me now and would you just give me this free gift? Because I want to test if this promise that, that it's okay for me to have your spirit as well is true. And I believe if you meet God in this place today, you will be filled. You can have what God has in store for you. And you can be filled and you can run this race and knock minutes of your time. In fact, more than that, he'll, he's got more blessings than I could even describe for you today. I probably wouldn't do it justice even if I tried. But from my experience, from Barbara's experience, from countless other people here, I know that God's promises are faithful, they're true, and his spirit is for you this morning as well. So just as we come and we reflect on that, and we're just gonna, I'm going to invite Mike to come up and just lead, in, lead us in some ministry, I just, I just ask, this is an opportunity, the birthday of the church, but it could also be a birthday of a new you if you've never experienced it. There's another great verse where it says, the old has gone and the new has come, and it's because Paul's talking about being remade as a new creation. When we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, those things that we're carrying before, they fall away and we are left with God's best for who we're supposed to be. So may that be not a missed opportunity, but may, may it be in what's been a tough season, a refreshing and a filling, uh, and maybe a new us, a transformation because of the Holy Spirit. Amen.